0: The most anticipated debut. Looks for the change, and he'll pick up the first down on 4 and 15. And now you know what all the excitement's about. This guy can make something out of nothing. You see that? Wow. The XTV College Football Show with Andy Single is what people pay money to see. You know that? That is why people are just in for Corrin. Goodbye. All right, uh, welcome back to Good Instincts. This is the College Football Weekly Radio program from Expand the Box Score. I'm your host, Andy Singleton, at People's Pen on Twitter. Hope you're enjoying the new format. I'm going solo. This is the second week in a row I'm doing that. Going to run through some players that are standing out to me so far, whether they had good weeks or putting together good seasons in the early going. Uh, Also go through my power rankings, the top 10, and then preview some of the games for the upcoming week, in this case being week three, and some of the games I have circled that I think you should be paying attention to as well and uh how they figure to stack against the you know the spread and the line so hopefully you're enjoying these like i said i I like to get right into things no fuss no muss if you're not checking out expand the box score our tools are completely rebuilt our advanced statistics the the dashboard the dfs tools it's all insane uh it helps me put these together you can sort by week, by conference, by player, by position, yada, yada, yada. It's pretty much endless on how you can sort and filter these things. You can also export that data now as well. So I've been doing my search and then exporting that data into uh, Google uh, Sheet and then basically filtering out from there how I want to, View things and see things. So it's been very helpful for me, and I'm sure it will be for you as well. We have a tutorial coming. If you have any questions between now and then, don't hesitate to email or hit me up or hit up the XD Box Score Twitter account as well. So, all right, let's get into things. And last thing I'll say real quick before we start uh, we're now on iTunes. So if you are prefer iTunes, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, leave a comment, let us know, or let me know rather us, it's me, Uh, let me know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, what you like to see different, et cetera, et cetera, so let's get into things, I like to start with the running backs, because to me, that is um, a glamour position right now for, for college, just because we can isolate players, and they had the week off, but Zach Charbonnet continues to be... My uh, standout player and performer in the backfield, UCLA Jr., transferred from Michigan. On the season so far, 17 carries, 223 yards, four touchdowns. Not so much a factor in the receiving game. Has two receptions for 49 yards on two targets. But listen, this is the obvious name here, and I am blown away by his efficiency. He's commanding just a 20% share of the rushing offense, but he leads the nation for running backs with a whopping 14.3 yards per touch. Yeah, just to put that into perspective the next two on that list are all the way down to 10 yards per touch so it's remarkable that on just 17 carries he already has six plays of 20 plus yards which basically is 35 percent of his runs so one out of th- every three times he touches the ball he's breaking it for, for more than 20 and uh, it's just been remarkable to see he looks like a man playing with kids and uh, I'm excited to see what what he has in store for the rest of the season starting now with his return to the field in week three. But another big name, he was a big-name high school prospect, Tank Bigsby of Auburn. The sophomore is up to 24 carries for 241 yards and two touchdowns. Also not really getting heavily uh, active in the receiving game. Only two targets for one reception and 19 yards on on that aspect. But he is the reigning SEC freshman of the year. He's off to another fantastic start for the Tigers. He was a national top five prospect at his position, being recruited at of high school, as I mentioned. Listen, right now he's currently on pace to flirt with a 1,500-yard season, and this will be one of the prizes of the 2023 NFL draft class. I know there was a lot made about this past year's class of 2021. Uh, next year's class maybe uh, will be a little bit of a, of a pause between, but 2023 figures to be another nice class, and uh, Tank Bigsby will be... Should be at the top of that, barring any unforeseen things happening between now and then. Let's move on to Memphis uh, and their redshirt freshman, Brandon Thomas. Listen, Memphis keeps turning out talent from their backfield, and now Brandon Thomas is the next line in that wave. He is a redshirt freshman and he only owns 38% of the team rushing load, but he's dominating with those touches. He's had long runs of 75 and 37. He also sports a 9.9 yards per carry average. Uh, so far, he has not factored into the receiving game at all, but of all the Memphis running backs, there's only been a total of four receptions to this point anyway, so they're really getting it done on the ground. He's got 34 carries for 338 yards and three touchdowns. Redshirt freshman, as I mentioned, uh, uh, next in a long what's become a long line. Of Memphis running back, So definitely a name to monitor A name to know Brandon Thomas Let's keep moving Let's go to Missouri uh, We have a senior here Not always You know what you want to see For the running back position Coming into the NFL But Tyler Batty uh, Beatty I hope I'm saying it right He's got 39 carries now 246 yards Getting a fair share Of the workload With those 39 carries 17 targets 13 receptions 128 yards And two touchdowns receiving That's really where I'm looking at why he's on this list. He's a little long in the tooth as a four-year senior, but he has always been productive. A lot of that production came behind Larry Rountree, who's now in his rookie year with the Chargers. Uh, but he owns the backfield to himself now in Missouri. Started the season with the 200-yard rushing day against Central Michigan, only to be bottled up in Week 2 by Kentucky. However, in that game against the Wildcats, he did have 10 receptions. As I mentioned, we've seen Larry Rountree be a surprise now in the pros out of Mizzou, and Batty might be all around, just a touch better as you know, just a playmaker out of the backfield. His receiving is really what has me excited. Thirteen receptions through those two games, including uh, a 200-yard performance as a rusher. So he's doing it a little, a little bit from both ends, and I'm excited to kind of see what that can turn out to become. Mizzou has always kind of put out kind of a dark horse draft. Prospect from the skill positions And Tyler Batty It might be Batty I'm going to go with Batty because he is a Batty The way he's playing and moving the ball right now But Tyler Batty out of Mizzou And listen this is the last running back I'm going to talk about this week I know last week I went into about 15 names But I'm going to keep it to 5 with a little bit more on each of them Trace and Potts Redshirt sophomore out of Minnesota He was a top 15 All purpose running back recruit Coming out of high school the heir apparent to Muhammad Ibrahim in the Minnesota program. Well, we know Ibrahim is out now for the year, and they wasted no time working pits into the mix. They immediately fed him 34 carries, to which he rumbled for 178 yards and two touchdowns. If Muhammad Ibrahim has been anything of a a hint as to how Trace and Potts is going to get used in this Minnesota offense, expect a heavy workload going forward for the redshirt sophomore now in two games 44 carries 213 yards two touchdowns only one reception for 12 yards but i mentioned uh his his past week he had 34 carries for 178 yards in his week two 34 carries for for a redshirt sophomore i mean this this is going to be a heavily heavily utilized positional player moving out of the backfield for minnesota but one to watch the stock market is tried and true and nfts are the latest rage in digital currency So what's better than combining this with your love for the sports world? Simply put, nothing. Symbol Exchange allows you to take ownership in your favorite franchises. From the NFL to the NBA, Major League Baseball, and now even college football as well, Symbol Exchange allows you to buy, trade, and sell shares of these franchises in their marketplace. Additionally, your teams will accrue real cash with every victory they achieve in real life. Two ways for your franchise to appreciate and value. XTB is so excited to partner with Symbol and we'd love for you to see them for yourself, that we are giving you a free year subscription to all of our advanced stats, databases, and tools. That's a free $40 value when you deposit 25 or more into a new Symbol Exchange account. So what are you waiting for? Go to Symbol.app to check them out for yourselves, and don't forget to use the code XTB when you make a deposit for a bonus gift from us right here at Expand the Box Score. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers. Uh, I'm going to just kind of give you a couple names here I'm not gonna to get too into depth with them because most of these guys are seniors and as a lot of you know a lot of you hate on the late breakout players um, you know people feel like the receivers should if they're if they're worth their weight in talent for a pro prospect they they would be leaving college after their junior year is is the moniker for adopted by most so I'm not gonna to get too in depth with these guys but Eric Uzukana, uh, the redshirt junior out of Texas Tech. So far in the year, 13 receptions, 323 yards, only one score so far, but putting together a nice season for the Red Raiders. Dante Demas Jr., he's now a senior at Maryland and working with the younger Tagovailoa. He's got 12 receptions, 261 yards, and two scores on the season. Khalil Shakir. Boise State senior. This was a top prospect. Uh, I believe he was a four-star guy coming out. Let me just double check that real quick. Uh, and this, listen, this is another great advantage to the XDB tools and the uh, leaderboards. Now we have their high school ratings uh, as a recruit, so you can easily just go back and see, you know, what how many stars these guys had at prospects. But Khalil Shakir, out of uh, Boise State, six foot, one hundred and eighty-eight pound wide receiver. He, he was a four-star recruit coming out of High school and now, you know, he's had a, not a horrible career, but maybe on to something now as a senior. Up to twelve receptions, two hundred and fifty seven yards and two scores on the year so far. Uh Dontario Drummond, Ole Miss Senior. I'm gonna get into Matt Coral in a little bit. Uh, I, I if you know me, you know I love Lane Kiffin. But Dontario Drummond, six foot two hundred and fifteen pounds. We saw how he took uh, Elijah Moore and just really unlocked his true potential last year in the Lane Kiffin offense. Matt Coral's off to a phenomenal start for the Rebels and Donterio Drummond uh, seems to be one of his favorite receivers to this point. He's currently got a forty six percent dominator rating and uh thirty two point one percent share of the receiving load for Ole Miss. So his 18 targets right now to start the year are, are have me pretty excited that you know th- this guy's going to have a phenomenal, a phenomenal statistical year at the end of it, and it really could help elevate his stature in the draft. Devin Tompkins, Utah State senior, I believe his 16 receptions lead the nation right now. Um, I gotta, I'm gonna have to cross reference that, but he's got 17 targets, 16 receptions. I mean that's. F- <laughs> Phenomenal production, right? But a little undersized, 5'7", 160 pounds. This is like the Tutu 2 Atwell, if you will. The Puka Williams from last year. A little undersized for Utah State, five seven, one sixty, 160. But really getting things done with those 16 receptions for 266 yards. He also has four plays of 20-plus yards, averaging 16.6 yards per reception right now. So Devin Tompkins, somebody... You should kind of monitor depending on how you're looking at things, uh, whether it be from a college fantasy aspect or an NFL draft perspective, or you're just a fan. Maybe you're just a fan. Uh, Let's move on. I'm going to move on to the tight ends now. There's really only one I want to talk about this week. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but uh, Trey McBride of Colorado State. uh, He's got 21 receptions already for 230 yards and a score. I mean, 21 receptions through two games pretty ridiculous he is one of two tight ends that makes the cut as uh only receivers with 200 plus yards on the season the other being Mike Meyer out of Notre Dame but Trey McBride 6'4 260 he was a three-star prospect coming out now a senior Uh, I mean listen the tight end position is always going to be one that's kind of an enigma to me because it's not just solely found in how players produce but if you're looking for somebody that's Showing some receiving chops, Trey McBride, Colorado State. And this is an air attack kind of program in Colorado State. We've seen them put out a lot of uh, prolific receivers, mostly from the wide receiver position, but start with Michael Gallup, last year Warren Jackson. The trend might continue with Trey McBride here having just a phenomenal statistical season. Some quarterbacks now. Seth Hennigan, Memphis. I'll give you their – this is what I'll do. Uh, I'll give you their – their season line so far, and uh, these are just names I want to kind of keep on the on the on the radar, because between now and the end of the season, our thoughts on this position might drastically change. Uh, a lot of DQB QB stuff comes from from really grinding the film and doing off field evaluations with, you know, the cerebral aspects of these quarterbacks and if they're franchise leaders, if they're game changers as far as just being the locker room kind of guy. So uh, what they're doing statistically is not going to paint the whole picture for these guys, but definitely, you know, guys off to good starts to start the 2021 season at least. Seth Hannigan, Memphis, 63% completions, 682 yards. He's got uh, six touchdowns to zero interceptions so far, a 10.5 yards per attempt average. One of the other things about Hannigan is he's a freshman. So this is why I I definitely have him on my list as somebody to keep tabs on because another, I mentioned Brandon Thomas before in the backfield, another youngster off to a a phenomenal start for Memphis. They lose Norville, and uh, the program hasn't taken a step back at all in terms of their recruitment or success on the field. So Seth Hannigan, 6'3", 200-pound, three-star recruit. And uh, off to a fantastic start for Memphis. Tanner Mordecai, SMU Jr., 6'2", 211. This guy's off to maybe the best start of all all quarterbacks in college right now. 71% completions, 629 yards, 11 touchdowns to two interceptions in two games so far. Mordecai is slinging the ball for the Mustangs of SMU and uh, definitely one to just kind of know the name. One of my favorites and undersung leaders of the early part of the season is Will Levis from Kentucky. He is also just entering his junior year. Got the size at 6'3" 222. He was a 3-star recruit out of high school. He's up to 64% completion percentage, 546 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions, 12.4 yards per attempt on, on the year so far. Uh, the thing I like about Levy's is is Kentucky is becoming a sleeper program in the SEC. Not really many think of Kentucky as a football program, but they've slowly been getting better and better and better and um, not losing a, a beat from last year's team that you know graduated a couple players to the league, including first-round linebacker Jamin Davis. So uh, keep tabs on Kentucky, and Will Levy's certainly is one of the factors for them uh, off to a great year. So far. Uh, but sticking in the SEC, I mentioned Matt Coral, Ole Miss. When you got, first of all, Matt Coral was a five star recruit. No, I'm sorry, four star recruit coming out of high school. He's now in his junior year. Started to show some signs of life last season and now off to just a phenomenal start 66% completions, 662 yards in two games, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. 10.2 yards per attempt on the on the year so far. And I can't underestimate enough the impact Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin can have on an offense. Uh, so if Matt Corral is getting the national attention and recognition right now, uh, it's deserved, one, because of the pedigree, two, because of what he's putting on the field, and three, because of what that upside and that ceiling could be with Lane Kiffin kind of being able to work with him and, and unlock that potential. So Matt Corral is definitely going to be in play in the, in the mix for One of the top five Signal callers In this year's draft uh, If he does indeed come out After this is junior season uh, But the last quarterback I want to discuss today Is the guy I'm riding with all year This is my favorite uh, I don't know why He's become my favorite uh, I just know uh, I, I, I feel like You know He He's kind of Walking the walk To back up him Talking the talk Desmond Ritter, the Cincinnati leader, senior now, 6'4", 215. I mentioned last week he flirted with coming out into the draft last year, realized he probably wasn't 100% locked into where that draft position might have been, probably was going to be pushed to QB6 at best with last year's class and and the success we've seen. So far, the early success we've seen is showing me that Desmond Ritter is possibly as good as what I, I want to believe and hoped. Uh, Anyway, Cincinnati, you know, comes back. I'm going to get into them in a minute with the power rankings, but Ritter so far has done nothing to not impress, uh, nothing to not back up the legitimacy of his campaign in in pushing for QB1 of this class. He's off to a start of 72% completions, 538 yards through the air, six touchdowns to one interception, 11.4 yards per attempt, now, obviously, their schedule hasn't been too tough to date. Uh, I'm going to get into where that turns now in a moment. But Cincinnati is doing everything they can to prove last year was no fluke, prove how much of a legitimate program they are. Desmond Ritter is the the leader uh, of the offense, one of the team leaders as well, uh, being their quarterback and and the face of that franchise, so to speak. So, Continue to watch Desmond Ritter because he, he While everybody's talking about Spencer Rattler While everybody's talking about Sam Howell While everybody's talking about you know Matt Coral Desmond Ritter's not getting nearly The love he deserves and I don't know how many more weeks it's going to take Of this before people start to recognize Oh maybe we're missing the boat On Desmond Ritter because this guy Definitely can lead a team so Don't forget you heard Desmond Ritter's name here and uh, I'm backing him up this is my guy I'm riding with him and uh, until he proves otherwise, you should be too. All right. Quick show this week, or quicker than last week, only because I'm not going to get too deep into too many names. That's going to wrap things up for the individual player portion. Uh, if you follow anything, you know my wife and I are expecting our daughter tomorrow, so uh, it's another reason I kind of have to wrap things up. A lot going on off the field for me, so to speak. Uh, but some random notes Boston College quarterback Phil Jerkovic out for the season oh not necessarily season yet he did hurt his hand uh but it's not looking good he's going to be out for a while it's going to hurt the production not only for Boston College but for their rising uh, receiver slot guy Zay Flowers uh limited to just two receptions for 68 yards in their week 2 matchup and win at UMass but uh Jerkovic was going to be another name that kind of rose mostly because of the physicality, uh, size of him and what he's been able to show at Boston College. Kind of a kind of a surprise, if you will. Really came onto the scene last year. And now in his junior season, he was a Notre Dame transfer. But uh, he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. Uh, not completely ruled out for the year, but it's looking like he will miss the rest of the season. Purdue running back Xander Horvath is out for the year. Uh, just could kind of hurt the offensive production for David Bell uh, going forward. So uh, Xander Horvath kind of changes what the Boilermakers were looking to do. Kansas State QB Skylar Thompson, another name because he's been there forever. He's going to be out uh, for the year. And last news and note I wanted to mention was the announcement that Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and Central Florida are all going to be joining the Big 12 starting in 2023. Uh, might extend to 2024, but it will begin in 2023 with BYU at, at the earliest. The Big 12 was in talks with the Pac 12 and what was it, the ACC to have this alliance. And I don't, they kind of announced that they were going to scrap the alliance and stick to their own conferences, which made me kind of wonder what they were really talking about doing in the first place because it didn't seem like it was a merger into one super conference, but an alliance where they'd all play each other. And as a basketball guy, that just sounds to me like, you know, the ACC Big Ten Showdown uh, used to be the, you know, ACC uh, Big East Classic or Showdown. So I just still don't understand why they can't have an alliance where they continue to all play each other every season, uh, at least for maybe two games of of their year. But Whatever, they decided to not form this alliance, and now the Big 12 scrambling to get quality programs back after being poached over the last couple years. They are now adding Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and UCF. And if you look at these programs, I mean, any of these schools, Cincinnati uh, and UCF in particular with the current seasons they've had in recent memory, if they were in the Big 12, that would have been enough Respect to get them into the national playoff. So this is definitely a big move for these schools. Uh, we saw, you know, when Tom Herman was at Houston and taking over that program, they were starting to become a, a, a riser uh, before he abruptly left for Texas. And I, I guess who could blame him uh, with the upgrade, if you will, to that, to move in, making that switch. But uh, BYU, I'm going to talk about them in a moment as well. Another consistently solid program. They've been an independent the last couple of years. Now they find a home in the Big 12, and like I said, just just being in that Power Five conference is enough that we would have seen Cincinnati and UCF in the national playoff over the past couple of years had they been in the Big 12 at that time. So that's how big of a difference this could be. That's why this is huge news to me. I know some people are going to knock the quality of the teams being added, but. I just said two two of these programs have been top, legitimately top five programs in, in, in the last five years. So can you really question the quality or is it just not what we consider to be the the blue bloods of the college football scene? So I, I'm excited about this move for the Big 12 and for these schools more, more importantly. One of the hottest trends in sports gaming is prop bets. Now, in recent years, daily fantasy sports has boomed as well. Thrive Fantasy is combining the two and expand the box score is the perfect complement for that. Thrive Fantasy sets it up for you to enter a contest of your choosing and then create a lineup of 10 prop bets out of a list of 20 choices. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive Fantasy has over 140,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1 and has awarded over 4 million in cash prizes to date. These aren't some Johnny-come-latelys, they're the leader in prop betting DFS. Thrive Fantasy's featured $100,000 guaranteed contest is just $20 bucks to enter and first place takes home $20,000. What's better, XTV's advanced stats databases allow you to truly search for trends and nail those props down. We're so confident our tools can help that we're giving you a free subscription to our NFL database when you deposit $10 or more in your new Thrive Fantasy account and enter a contest. Even more than that, Thrive will give you a 100% deposit match bonus on your first $100 spent. So what do you have to lose? Go to ThriveFantasy.com to check them out for yourselves. And don't forget to use the code XTB when you make a deposit for a bonus gift from us at expand the box score. All right, moving on. The top 25, or as I say, my power top 10, my power rankings, my top 10 index for the end of week two going into week three. All right, number one, it's got to be Alabama, right? They're now 2-0. and They are playing Florida this week. Florida is 11th in the AP Some will probably question why they aren't in my top 10 But I'm not convinced that this team is for real They've had two decent wins against teams they should beat But even at home, the Crimson Tide are going to roll all over them This Alabama team is for real I don't see them being stopped by anybody other than Texas A&M Who had their season possibly changed dramatically for the worse Which I'll get into in a moment But Moving on to number 2, Georgia Stay stay the same at at number two in my rankings They're 2-0 JT Daniels goes down as their quarterback Stetson Bennett gets reinserted as the starter And is even better That's this kind of specialness You need for a team to have a championship season You know, as I said before This defense is going to dominate all year long This is what Kirby Smart has wanted This is what his bread and butter is built on the offense just can't make too many mistakes. You think back to like Trent Dilfer leading the Tampa Bay Bucks or Baltimore. Quarterback play, you just need it to not, not turn the ball over, let this defense dominate, just be a game manager. And that's all they're asking for out of Stetson Bennett. Uh, so he's going to be the starter now going forward. South Carolina is, you know, they're on the road at Georgia. That's not going to be a challenge uh, for the Bulldogs. I'm not worried about this. Really, are you worried about this Georgia team right now? I don't think anybody is or should be. Number three, I mentioned, Tamu, Texas A&M. They're 2-0 and right now. They're number seven in the AP poll. A decent win versus Colorado in the midst of losing their starter quarterback, Haynes King. They're not out of it yet, but they really they cannot afford a slip-up. This week, this is the perfect timing to figure things out before SEC play starts in week four. So the the schedule couldn't have worked out any better for Texas A&M, for the Aggies, if they are going to be able to have a successful quarterback change. That's going to be one of the games I have highlighted this week as well, so I'll get into that momentarily. Number four, Cincinnati. I mentioned the Bearcats, 2-0. They are my number four team in my power rankings. Listen, this team loaded, I mean really loaded up their schedule to confirm their legitimacy. They have a tough road trip to Bloomington to take on a dangerous Hoosiers team this week, and they they cannot look past them at week four's trip to South Bend to take on Notre Dame. They have two tough games on the road, both in Indiana over the next week at Indiana and then at Notre Dame. This game will tell us how legit Cincinnati really is, and I'm betting on Desmond Ritter to lead them. Uh, I don't. I think that leadership is going to not let, allow them to look past Indiana towards Notre Dame. Uh, Indiana's, you know, a, they're, they're a dangerous team uh, Any team with Tom Allen Led by Tom Allen at, at, at coach And Michael Panix You say what you will About his disappearing act In week two But this is definitely a guy Who can be sneaky dangerous So I, I think this is where The senior leadership of Ritter And last year's experience For the Bearcats Comes into play I don't think they look past Indiana I don't think they get tripped up I think they handle their business And they look legit Heading into a week four matchup With Notre Dame Number five Iowa they're now 2-0. and They just dominated, literally dominated their in-state rival, Iowa State. They get a couple weeks now to take their foot off the gas. They shouldn't, but, you know, this 22-and-a-half point line versus Kent State in week three, it might be enough to take the points, and it might be enough to be a reminder to the Hawkeyes not to take their foot off the gas. Uh I don't. I think they're gonna roll through Kent State. I don't think they're gonna get tripped up in any way. But they might only cover three touchdowns, not the 22 and a half. Uh, but this this will be you know this will be an easy week for Iowa. Number six, Oklahoma. They're number three in the AP poll. They're number six in my poll. I really can't discount that opening week scare from Tulane. They rolled all over West Carolina in week two. I mean, 76 to nothing. Spencer Rattler, 20 for 26, 243 yards, five touchdowns. Fantastic, but you know, it's Western Carolina. You're supposed to do that, especially with this offense. They're home to Nebraska this week, who's now one two straight. The offense should roll again, but this defense is going to get exposed, and we're going to be reminded why Oklahoma as a team might not be as good as we want them to believe because of how good their offense could be. Uh, but I have them at six, two and oh, we'll see what happens this week against Nebraska. Penn State, I have them as my number seven team at two and oh. What I learned in Week 2 was that my belief of Wisconsin's offense being better than the Nittany Lions allowed them to display, that was all true. Wisconsin looked pretty decent in Week 2, uh, their offense at least moving the ball, and Penn State completely shut them down in their Week 1 matchup. Uh, this offense for the Nittany Lions also opened up some, and the defense continued to show out, as I mentioned. They should be able to handle a surprising Auburn squad, and they should be able to keep rolling. I like Penn State to, to continue, and uh, I have them at number 7 in my power rankings. Oregon, I have it eight. I know some people are going to wonder why so low after that upset win in Columbus. Listen, what the Ducks did at Ohio State, you have to pay them some respect. We still can't ignore, though, it was a similar outcome to what they did in week one versus Fresno State when people started thinking that maybe this Oregon team was overrated. Was it just a great day in Columbus? I don't know. We won't know that for at least another week because – they have Stony Brook on the schedule this week. Stony Brook traveling all the way across country from Long Island. They have zero chance, less than zero chance of pulling off the upset at Oregon. So we have no idea what this team is going to be unless they look horrible and let or- you know Stony Brook remain in the game. Uh, but this should be a blowout, and it's going to take at least another week before we really know what Oregon uh, has the potential to be. Number nine, UCLA, they're still 2-0. and They were idle this week. They played two quick games, week zero and week one to start the year. This one they had off. They get a home matchup this week to play Fresno State, who we saw Oregon run 186 yards against uh, Fresno State. So this UCLA rushing attack led, led by Zach Charbonnet, uh, I'm excited to see him back on the field, and I'm excited to see UCLA be able to plow over Fresno. So they remain in. Number 9 for me, even with the week off. Number 10 in my power rankings. This could have went a few different directions. I had Virginia Tech there at, at one point. I considered Notre Dame. I even considered Michigan, to be honest. Uh, that rushing attack led by Blake Corum, who you know I mentioned last week and who I love from St. Agnes in Maryland. Uh, I even considered Michigan for this number 10 spot. But I'm going Coastal Carolina. They're 2-0 and now. I know, it's going to, I know it's going to sound like an attention seeking rank, but, I mean, they're doing everything they can, which is just to dominate the teams on their schedule. Their quarterback, Grayson McCall, he's as big-time of a QB prospect as there will be in another year when he becomes draft-eligible. Buffalo is a legit program, and the Chanticleers have to go on the road to face them. The line is 13-and-a-half, and that's a pretty big line, but it kind of shows you just... How good Buffalo is considered to be That even at home You know they're only 13 and a half point underdogs As good as Coastal Carolina has been In thrashing their opponents You know even Vegas is saying Well Buffalo is going to be Close enough test and challenge for them I would expect more people to have Coastal In their top 10 going forward After what they can do at Buffalo And prove to everybody Hey this team is for real so uh, it might sound like I'm looking for uh, you know a shocker by putting them at number ten in my power rankings, but a week from now I-, I think that'll look legit. So I'm going with Coastal Carolina. Chanticleer is number ten for me. All right. Finally, the week three matchups that I have circled on my schedule, on my calendar, on my docket, on my slate: New Mexico at number seven, Texas A&M. The Aggies they lost their starting. QB, Haynes King, and redshirt sophomore Zach Calzada look shell-shocked, to say the least, in replacing him. King is now out indefinitely after he had surgery for his broken leg, but it reads more like he's done for the season if you uh, are reading the tea leaves that Coach Jimbo Fisher's is putting out. So this is Calzada's job for now with no one looking over his shoulder. He is capable, but he has to show it. The offense should continue to go through stud running backs Isaiah Spiller and Devin Achane. And the defense is a top unit as well. But this week will present a ton of questions for this talented team with championship aspirations. The 28-point spread feels like entirely too much, and I'm bullish on the New Mexico Lobos covering that huge gift. As I mentioned before, the schedule could not have aligned any more perfectly for Texas A&M. SEC play starts next week in week four. They're hosting number 20 Arkansas in week four. And then they have Mississippi State and then they have Alabama, and then they're at Missouri. It's a tough schedule, as everybody knows. But this week, they have an opportunity. I still think they get tripped up a little bit. I think 28 is just too much to give New Mexico, so I'm taking the Lobos. Second game on this menu, number eight, Cincinnati at Indiana. I was extremely excited for the return of Michael Penix this year. Uh, Tom Allen has been one of the better coaches in all of college football, and this was supposed to be a return to what they had been building in Bloomington. Then they ran into Iowa, who we've now seen as the real deal, and got kind of embarrassed. They bounced back last week with a win, but I'm hoping this is the week people finally truly tip their hat to Cincy. If not, it'll just have to come next week when they take on the Fighting Irish on a national stage. This Cincinnati team has Balls. They scheduled themselves as such to prove it. It was just a short time ago Indiana was flirting with stepping into this category of the elites. They sputtered, and they're still in that secondary tier. The Bearcats are one of college's current elites. This three-and-a-half line is disrespectful to them, and I think they will treat it as such. And I'm looking for an early knockout blow in this contest in Cincinnati to roll past the Hoosiers. All right. This is probably the biggest game on the lineup this week uh, from a national stage, uh, national perspective, number one, Alabama is at number 11, Florida. And there currently isn't a line that would scare me that's attached to Alabama. The only caveat that might come close would be this is Bryce Young's first start on the road. And it is an SEC game. It is at Florida, which is a tough out. But if going past the two-touchdown margin intimidates you, you know I can understand that. I just think you're really not sold on this Alabama team, and I am. So I think anything beyond a 17 point line, that might be out of the question. Uh, this is not 17. This is, uh, I think it's 14 and a half. So yeah, roll tide, continue to roll tide. Uh, I, I will take them to cover that margin of 15. It's 15 and a half. I will take them to cover that margin. Uh, I like that for the Crimson. Tied, and I like them to show that Florida is not really as good as their two early wins would indicate. All right, number four, number 22, Auburn at number 10, Penn State. This Auburn team is not supposed to be here like this, not after the tumultuous offseason in which the hiring of Brian Harson was heavily scrutinized. Uh, Bo Nix remains, but his development certainly wasn't generating as much excitement as he once did when the five star recruit first committed. To the Tigers, this was supposed to be a transition year. And in some aspects, this was supposed to be a transition year for Penn State as well. But here we are, and this will either be a much better than anticipated matchup or the field writing itself. It's a low six-point number for the home Netney Lions, which I think they will be able to squeeze out, despite some late-game heroics from Bo Nix. Uh, I do like Auburn. I don't love them. I think they will be exposed a little bit, but I think they're going to be a competitive team all year. Uh, One that can certainly hold around the line of a touchdown. I definitely think Penn State is better than we're giving them credit for at this point. They are starting to move up in the rankings, but I think they can cover a touchdown. So I'm I'm going with the Nittany Lions here. All right, Tulane at number 17, Ole Miss. I mentioned before, Matt Corral is the real deal, and any offense led by Lane Kiffin is going to demand respect. The Rebels have been making things look easy, and they have a week four matchup at Alabama that is going to be on a lot of minds. This is the epitome. This is the definition of a trap game, and Tulane is much better than advertised. Just ask Oklahoma. I'm tempted to straight up chase the outright upset, but 14 for the Green Wave is just too good to ignore in this situation. Uh, I definitely think Ole Miss will figure it out and find a way to win. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think Tulane is going to easily be able to take those 14 points and cash in and cover that line. So I'm riding the green wave for Tulane at number 17 Ole Miss this week. And finally, number 19 Arizona State at number 23 BYU. Hey, if you expect the BYU to have a down year after losing five players to the NFL draft led by Zach Wilson, You'd be mistaken. I was, and I was stunned to see the energy that they displayed in upsetting Utah in Week 2. They start this season with three straight Pac-12 opponents at home and now get to go for the trifecta with number 19 Arizona State coming to town. They are three-and-a-half-point underdogs to boot. I really like the Cougars this week. I really like their chances. Uh, I think they feel a certain level of disrespect. This is just a kind of a different team. It's always usually a veteran team with guys, you know, taking their missions and then coming back. Uh, this this has never been a young franchise or organization. It never will be, just based on the the philosophy uh, of the religion. Uh, so they definitely w- will always be competitive. They, they, it's it's good for college, you know, as far as draft prospects. It, it can affect your your. View on it, but Yeah, I think this BYU team felt a little Disrespected, I I mentioned They get three straight against Pac-12 opponents They so far are are looking good and knocking them off And now they get to go for that trifecta So Arizona State Beyond notice I think the BYU Cougars are coming for you They're a three and a half point Home underdog And uh, I think they can cover that It might be uh, a field goal that decides this But I, I like the points for BYU I'll take the three and a half All right. In hindsight, maybe we did go nearly as long as we did last week. Uh, This is going to be you know, roughly a 45-minute weekly show, so I guess we're in that window, in that time frame. Hope you enjoyed it. We are now on iTunes. I hope you are checking us out there or on Spotify, however you want to listen to your podcast. Rate, review, like, comment, leave a note. Um, It really will help me to get this show kind of – some more traction, some more recognition, some more notice, some more accessibility. So if you liked anything that you heard today, please do me a favor and just give it a rating, give it a comment, something. Sp- subscribe, whatever you got to do to help out. Appreciate it. And don't forget to check out our sponsors, Thrive Fantasy, your number one source for prop betting. Use XTB, Use our tools at XTB to help you make some lineups and also Symbol Exchange where you can take ownership in some of these franchises. Uh, really some exciting things out there so go check out our sponsors check out the XDB tools our advanced statistics database the DFS tools we have out there all the content we're putting out there from the site as well uh, podcasts, videos, written articles you name it we got it and uh, the Twitter account is is on fire as well so make sure you're following everything we're doing to expand the box score hope you enjoyed this week's episode I'm Amy Singleton thanks for listening I will see you next week with the baby Take care.